Um, so who's ready to get into the word today? I know you didn't come to hear from me. I know you came to hear from God. So we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into the word. We're going to jump into the gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. I'm going to go ahead and read it out of the message translation, just because I like all the details, because this is a little scandalous, if you ask me. All right. The word of God reads like this. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they enjoyed their wedding night, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in his dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. This will bring the prophet's embryonic revelation to full term, which watch for this, a virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew, for God is with us. Today I want to share a message with you guys entitled, Stepping Out into the Unknown. Stepping out into the unknown. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you that we don't have to invite you in, but you're here. You're here in the form of the Holy Spirit that indwells each and every single one of your children that are called by your name before the foundations of the world. Lord, I know that this church did not come to hear a message from a person. They came to hear a word from heaven. So I pray that you open up the ears to hear open up our heart to receive what the Spirit has to say, that the seeds that are sown today by the power of the Holy Spirit will bear good fruit in each one of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen. You guys can be seated. <laughs> okay, so when I was reading the story, I mean, how many of you guys raise your hand, are you familiar with the story of the birth of Jesus, like you've heard it before? Yeah. You know, like at the, you know, Christmas plays, the little children, they dress up and all that kind of stuff. And we see the story. And you know who always gets a lot of shine is Mary, which she should get a lot of shine. We should give her her flowers. I mean, she birthed the son of God. A lot of, uh, there's traditions in our faith that almost deify Mary because they're like, she is the mother of God. She is a big deal. And I, while I agree, can we talk about Joseph for a minute? Like, think about this. Like, you are, you're engaged to be married. The scripture says that on their wedding night, because, you know, it doesn't become marriage until you're one flesh, right? So on that wedding night, they were about to get down with the get down, you know what I mean? And then you find out your girl got a baby bump? Hold on, he discovered she was pregnant, and he knew that they haven't known each other like that? I mean, it doesn't take us much imagination to figure out what Joseph was trying to do. The scripture actually tells us that he was trying to dip. He was trying to get up out of here. He's like, what? Like, you're pregnant? We've never been together? What? Have you been cheating on me? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't go into the dialogue of all the things that were going on in his mind. But the scripture said he was trying to figure out a way to get out of here. I also like, which is not my message, but I just want to say, because I don't know, someone might need to hear this. 
The Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man and he didn't want to disgrace Mary publicly so he was going to leave her at night because love covers a multitude of sins, right? So that's just, a, just, that's just a little nugget to take home. And the next time you see someone's nakedness, I don't know if you're going to cover it or expose it, but that's just something for you to take home for free. I'm going to go back to my message now. Um, <laughs> so the word says that as he was trying to figure out what to do and how to get up out of this whole situation, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. The angel says, hey, Joseph, like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the baby that's conceived in her womb was put there by the Holy Spirit. And the baby that she will give birth to, you're to name him Jesus for he is going to take on the sins of the world. So in that moment, Joseph had two decisions because he had his whole plan figured out. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he thought was right. But he was at a crossroads in his walk if he was going to go what he thought was right or what God was calling him to do. God was calling him into an unknown path or he could have gone the known path where he was just like, I'm just going to go this way and live my life because I had plans for what my life was going to look like. And this, this whole situation was not a part of the plan. The scripture says that he did what God said. And I just want to... It's almost like a warning. I'm not going to say, hey, you know, maybe God will call you guys into the unknown. I feel like I wouldn't be keeping it real with you guys, and I love you guys, so I'm going to keep it real with you guys, and I'm going to tell you, this life of faith, God will call you into the unknown. It's not if he calls you, it's when he calls you. So there's three things I want you to consider when God is calling you into the unknown. Who's ready for this message? <laughs> hey, you guys braved? Hurricane Sunday, can I just give you your flowers for that? Okay. <laughs> okay, so point number one. Stepping out doesn't always make sense. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in his mind to divorce her. The key phrase that I want us to really meditate on and really just focus on is that he had it in his mind. How many of us have a lot of things in our mind and how we think our life should go and how we're going to get there and we try to bring God along and be like, bless it, bless it, bless it. But he had it in his mind the way he should go and what God was asking him to do made absolutely no type of sense. None. I wish I could tell you that Whatever God calls you to do is going to make the most sense to you in the world and the journey that you're on is going to have all your P's in, or all your T's and I's dotted and crossed and, and it's A, B, and C, but that's not what this journey of faith is. See, a lot of us think that our faith that we have in Christ Jesus is a blind faith, a faith that we just, without our mind, just blindly walk and don't know where we're going. And can I supplicate to you guys today that actually God gave you your mind? God gave you the ability to reason. God gave you logic. God gave you the ability to think. Actually, that's the closest thing that connects us to God. Because I know my dog Buddy isn't over here thinking about tomorrow. He's like, what am I going to eat? We are made in the image of God. We have the mind of Christ. But can I propose to you today that although God does not want to bypass your mind, he wants you to submit your mind to the one who gave you your mind. He doesn't want you to just see your thoughts. He says, he wants you to say, I see my thoughts, but I trust that your way is better for me. So Joseph went ahead and got with Mary, 
He went against his natural senses. He went against his logic. He went against his reasoning. He went against everything he thought he wanted to do to follow the will of God. And my question to you today is in this walk of faith, are we willing to have such a radical faith and such a trust in the one who has called us to submit our mind, our ways, and our thoughts to him? Because it's not always easy. Can I get a witness in here? Is it easy? Or is he faithful? Which one? When we, uh, when we understand that when we step into the unknown that it's not always gonna make sense, we're gonna trust in our heart and lean not on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us that. When we, trust it, when we trust the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, we understand that he directs our ways. Can I please tell you guys today that the way of the kingdom and the way of the culture are not the same. God's ways are way higher than our ways. His thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. But we cannot walk in the way of a kingdom without a mind that's submitted to the king. We must submit our lives to Christ because a lot of us here have been born into the kingdom, but some of us haven't made Jesus the Lord of our lives. Where that is where we have a way that we think we should go, but we, we ask God in all things, what way is it that I should go? What path is it that I should take? I trust you above my own senses, above all I can see, touch, hear, smell, taste. We are living in two different realms simultaneously, the realm of the flesh and the realm of the spirit. And how many of us know that everything that we cannot see is much more real than the things that we can see? But we have to trust in the mind that's greater than all minds. He is worth being trusted. We must understand that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Can I tell you guys something? I just want to testify really quick. Back in 2015, Pastor TJ and Carissa made such a beautiful video that was so, so kind and beautiful. And I just remember coming into the walls of this church back when it was Cornerstone Church of San Diego. Where are the OGs at? <laughs> And I remember um, I had this radical encounter with God in my room through his word. And I just knew that I found this treasure, this treasure that opened up my eyes, that took the scales off my eyes, that made the world that made no sense make some sense because I trusted in the one who called my name. I came into the four walls of this church and I remember just wanting to know more about this God. And, and God told me that he called me to preach the gospel. I'm like, oh, is that right? And I was, <laughs> I was working. I'm afraid to speak in public, y'all. This is crazy. I was working a nine to five in a corporate job. And the Lord told me to leave my corporate job and to just study the scriptures. I'm not telling you to do that. If God told you to do it, do it. But don't, not, don't put it on me. Don't go quitting your job. He told me to quit my job and to study the scriptures. And this was a season in my life when I was a single mother. I had divorced. Me and my husband had gotten divorced. My little daughter, Camila, was only like five years old. I'm like, God, how am I going to provide for my daughter? And he whispered in my spirit, I own the cattle on the thousand hills. He says, I will provide every single need that you have. But it was something that made no sense to my mind. It didn't not only make sense to my mind, it made no sense to the mind of those around me. They were all like, what are you doing? But I know I got a word from God. 
And in this culture that tells us to attain and to achieve and to build and to, to have, and, and this is what life is about is a white picket fence and a 401k, I chose to believe that the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth gave me a word that even though it didn't make sense to my mind, I had to obey. Which leads me into my next point. Stepping out into the unknown doesn't come without risks. Like, what if I couldn't feed my kid? Like, what if everyone thinks I was a joke, which a lot of people did think I was a joke for all these years. It's been eight years since God gave me this word, and this is the first time I am preaching the gospel on a Sunday morning in this house. And let me tell you that he who calls you is faithful. He who has begun a good work will see it through to completion. He is faithful. If you get a word from God and it doesn't make sense in your mind, I want to supplicate to you. And I, want to, I just want to shake you and tell you he is worthy to be trusted because he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He goes before you. He is with you as you walk. And every risk that you step into, he's with you. The risk of being rejected, the risk of being misunderstood, the risk of being ostracized, the risk of looking foolish. I don't know what God is calling you into the unknown today. But church, I know that I'm not speaking to people that God isn't calling into something because God's alive and active. He's not old and religious sitting up in heaven like crossing his, no, he's alive. He's moving, he's shaking, he's in the hearts of each and every single one who are called by his name and he's speaking. But the thing is, the risk that we, that we take is stepping into the what ifs. Like what if it doesn't work out? <laughs> what if I heard wrong? Joseph's like, well, what if I just like ate something, you know, funny and the angel really didn't come? <laughs> you know, what if it was just indigestion? <laughs> the scripture says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. How many of us know that when God calls us into the unknown, there's always going to be fear that's going to try to keep you in your place of comfort? Because, I mean, I asked the 9 o'clock service, but I'll ask y'all too, and I, I want you guys to be honest in this holy house. How many control freaks do we have up in here? Okay, all right, make yourself known. It's cool. There's freedom in Jesus' name. We I'm a control freak too, self-proclaimed. I like to know what's up. I like to know A plus B equals C. Let me know the formula. I don't care if I've cooked a recipe a million times. I will still bust out the recipe and put exactly what, because I'm just not, I just, I got to make sure, right? But let me tell you, this life of faith is going to have to cause you to release control. It's going to cause you to enter in into unknown territories and unknown lands and you're going to have to step out from the what ifs to the what is. What is true though? What is God really saying? And this has to do with our minds, okay? The Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down vain imaginations, any high or lofty thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What are we supposed to do? We're to bring it into captivity and we're gonna make it obey Christ. 
We make it obey. This is an active faith. This is a participa- participation, participatory faith. Is that what it's like? Participatory? <laughs> we are participating. We are partners with God. If we look throughout the scriptures, God moves in partnership with people. I mean, that one time he used the donkey, but I mean, tomato, tomato, you know what I'm talking about, right? God moves with your yes, but there's going to be a real attack against the word that was sown in faith to try to steal it because the enemy cannot take the plan of God, but it could thwart the plan of God to make you abort the plan of God so you live in your comfortable little bubble over here and we come to church on Sundays and we go to our life groups, and but you don't live in power. But you don't walk in authority. But you're living just like the world, riddled with anxiety. I'm not shaming anybody with anxiety. I'm not shaming anybody with depression. The thing is, is we can be in seasons of of heaviness. We could be in seasons of hopelessness, but we are not in despair because our hope is in him. And we know what he said and we know what he will do because he is faithful. He's been faithful through the ages. But how do we do that? Y'all, we can't just wish upon a star that our mind changes. You got to be active about that. If you're not in your word, just getting to know God for yourself. It's not a, a, a Christian discipline that you have to do. It's a delight that you get to sit in the presence of the almighty creator, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the creator of all things good, the one that knows every hair that's on your head, the one that knows every thought before you think it, every word before you speak it, the one that gives the oceans its borders. You get to meet with him day by day. God is calling the church to wake up. He's calling us to wake up and have an active faith that every single day we wake up and we say, Lord, what is it that you have for me today? What can I partner with you today? So when those thoughts come, the what ifs, can I tell you guys something? I'm I'm scared of talking in front of people. I'm like, like, I can't do it, God. I, I told Canelo, I said, Canelo, can you preach the 11? I'm ready to go home. But you know what? The what ifs are trying to get in my mind, like what if this doesn't make sense? What if, uh, what if I don't really know what I'm saying? What if the people don't receive it? And God said, you don't worry about the what ifs, you stand in what is. You stand in the truth that the words that I speak have the spirit of God behind it and they will do what they're called to do. Our job as children of God is not to do more. It's to put our faith in the one that does it and has done it and will do it and will always do it. And we step and we say, Lord, where are we going? He doesn't show us the whole path, but his light, his, his word is a lamp unto our path. He illuminates each step, but we have to move. We have to step and it will get illuminated moment by moment. When we step out into the unknown, it doesn't come without risks. We have to do it afraid. Because we understand that God didn't give us that spirit. When fear starts trying to creep on you, know that that's not the Lord. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. A sound mind is your portion. We have the mind of Christ. We have the spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He lives inside of you. And guess what? God is after people. Yeah. 
Whatever it is that God is calling you into the unknown, just know it's not just for you. It's not just for your own family. While it is, everyone will benefit. It's going to trickle out. And that leads me into my next point where we're talking about stepping out. It carries promise. There's a promise attached to your yes. I don't know if God's calling you to open up a business. He's calling you to start a nonprofit. If he's calling you to forgive your neighbor. I don't know. Whatever that is, you have to like work that out between you and God. I can't tell you what that is, but every one of you guys have something. Every one of us do, because this walk of faith is one of the unknown. Because we're putting our trust in the one that knows it all. He's faithful. Can I, can, I, can I give you guys a witness and a testimony? If they take away every Bible in this whole world, no one can take away what God has done for you in your life. But we just be forgetting sometimes. We be forgetting, but the same God that pulled you through it then, it will be the same God that's going to pull you through it now. It's going to be the same God that's going to lead you. Matter of fact, the scripture says he actually goes before you. Then he's also with you, and he doesn't leave you or forsake you. That is the greatest news that we can have, that we are never in this alone. We have a, we have a promise. If we're going to walk in the promises of God... You guys, we need to carry the word of God. Let that sink in. I was thinking about this with Joseph. I'm like, wow, he carried a word. He like really, literally like carried the word. Like the word made flesh, Jesus came and he fathered the word of God. He poured out, he nurtured. You have to protect the word because we have a real enemy that's gonna try to steal the word. And have us running in circles. There's things that God is calling us to. There's people in here that God's calling you into a new season. And we're so, we're so comfortable in our comfort zone that we're afraid to step out into that new season, whatever that is. New career path, whatever. I don't know what it is. I don't like to name stuff off because I, I really don't know. I just know you know what that is. And I just want to give you an exhortation in this. That if you delight yourself in the Lord... That desire, that thing, he put it there. What does the scripture tell us? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And we tend to think that this scripture means like he's a genie. He gets to, he gives us whatever we want. But he's like, no, when you delight in me, I put my desires in your heart. I give you the things that you desire. Because how many of us know when we came to Christ, you start desiring different things. I was like the worst of the worst. Like I was way out there, okay? I came to the Lord and he just started changing stuff inside of me. I used to cuss a lot. That's why I'm like, God, I cannot speak because something might slip out, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like I don't know what's gonna happen up here. But can I tell you that the more I just kept meeting with him, the more I just kept knowing his voice and allowing him to shepherd me and allowing him to mold me and transform me and love me and rest on me and repair me and everything. Like we're like the, we're, we're, we're the clay and he's the potter and he's sitting here and you're not something, this isn't something you get to do in your own strength. I wasn't like, I'm a Christian now, I'm not gonna cuss. 
I'm a Christian now, I'm done smoking, I'm gonna stop partying, because I'm a Christian and this is what Christians do. You could try that and let's see how long it lasts. Just come to the one. You meet with him. The unknown places that God is calling us into is what this life of faith is. If you've come to the Lord already or you haven't come to the Lord, you are signing up for a life of the unknown. But guess what? One thing you do know is he is faithful. You can trust in the one who has called you because even when your faith may fail, even when you are faithless, you take a detour off your path, he runs after you. He pursues you to bring you back in a place of childlikeness, to be at the feet of your father. I went 29 years without knowing this Jesus. There's nothing for you in this world. We have found a treasure that was hidden. And, we, and God wants us to show everybody this treasure because I was filling myself up with things. I wanted control of my life. Okay, when I lose weight, I'll be happy. When I get a six-figure earning, I'll be happy. When I'm this, I'll be happy. And I was always empty. But the one thing that fills you, that can never be taken away, that's not given by this world, is the unending love of Jesus. He is the only way. But it's a life of unknowing, like not knowing. We don't know what tomorrow is gonna look like. Like it's good to write your vision. It's good to make it plain. But we're walking in a journey with God. Church, he wants to know you and he wants you to know him. And I have to say that Joseph must have known this God. The word says he was a righteous man. And those of you who have placed your faith in Christ Jesus, apart from anything you do or have ever done, you are the righteousness of God in him. You have access to the voice of the creator of all things good. You have access to this power that's greater than any power in this world. But you're signing up for a journey. You're signing up for wherever you lead me, I will go. And some of us have gotten off the path. Some of us have bought into what the culture says is important. Some of us have bought into what the world says happiness is and success is. And we've been chasing things that the Lord is asking us to put down and to chase and just be with him. But it's a trust game. It's a, it's a long haul. To live is in Christ. To die, we get to be with him. It's a journey. It's not something that you arrive to. God loves his people, which means he loves you. Which means he will never call you somewhere that his grace won't sustain you. I don't know what it is God is calling you to. What unknown places. It could be something as simple as the relationships we have in our lives that may not be glorifying him. And he's giving you a word just to say, just let it go. I have something so much better for you. But we're afraid because this is comfortable because this is what we know. So we hold on to familiar things and we, we, we abort the, the greater thing that God has for us because God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever ask, think, or imagine. 
dude, there's things in my life that are coming to pass that I didn't even ask for. Is this life of faith an easy one? Absolutely not. If someone were to tell you that this life of faith is easy and you come to Jesus and your life is gonna be peaches and cream, they're lying to you. But can I tell you that you don't journey alone. You get to walk with the one who walked on water. You get to walk with the one that rose from the dead after three days. You get to walk with the one that calls you friend, but you have to know him. So when that time does come, because it's gonna come, you respond in the way like our, like our homeboy Joseph did. All right, God, I will take the path that I don't understand, but I trust you. This is what this life of faith is about. God is real. And I just wanna just take a moment really quick. I remember back in 2015, I was depressed, hopeless, on drugs. Um, didn't know, I felt like a burden in life. Uh, I just wanted to escape in any relationship and anything that could just make me not want to be present. Had no hope. And after my daughter was in kindergarten, actually, and I would go, and she was in an after-school after program. And every single day, so every single day I would go pick her up. There was two ladies in this after-school program that would always have this joy in them. They'd always be smiling and like, hey, Mary Ellen, like, why are they so happy? Weirdos, like, what the heck? Like, big old smiles. They would always invite me to their church, and I would be like, no, I'm cool. And I would reject them, like, all the time. I definitely would, I'm like, Christians are so judgmental. Like, you guys are this, and you guys are that, and I give them my 10 reasons why I would never want to know their Jesus. And every time, they still met me with love. They still met me with compassion. They still invited me in. See, they were stepping out into an unknown place because God was putting it on their heart to open up their mouth boldly and make known the mysteries of the gospel to someone who was so far away from God at the risk of being rejected, at the risk of, being, of, of me being like, you guys are weirdos, like leave me alone. They kept pursuing me. One day, I go in, just having this horrible day and just something tells me like, just linger, just linger. And I just started crying. They put their hands on me and said, what, what's wrong, Mariela? And I'm just like, I'm just so depressed. And one of them looked at me and said, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I didn't know what they were talking about. I was like, what? But something happened. I had an invitation. And I started going and reading my Bible. And, and, and finally, I went to their church, which was this church. Uh, I, I came uh, sneaking in here. I didn't want them to come with me. I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm gonna come. I'm gonna just come by myself, okay? And I sat in the back and I had like this word from God, like I've called you to preach the gospel. And I run in and I'm like, look, God's called me to preach the gospel. I, I'm gonna quit my job. I just wanna study the word. He told me that he's called me to preach and tell people what I have found. Today's the first time in this church that they invited me to eight years ago. I'm preaching the gospel. My girl sitting right here in the front row, my girl Jasmine, that was her. Her and Miss Deanna. They kept pursuing me. And look what God has done. This girl, I, I really, you guys, I didn't want to be here. But she's here to witness something 
fruit of some, of a, a fruit of something you said yes to eight years ago, Jasmine. I just want to honor you, girl. I just want to honor you, girl. Wow. I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful, and I know that like there's little things. That's that's a little thing. God may not be calling you to get pregnant. God might not be calling you to marry a pregnant lady that says she's pregnant with the Son of God. But what he could be calling you to is to do something so little and just put yourself out there at the risk of being rejected. Put yourself out there where it makes no sense in your mind and step out because you don't know what God has in store. You have no idea what God is up to. He has a view so much higher than what we can see. I said this in the first service is my, I have a, a little baby and he's learning to crawl and, and he wants to crawl and he always gets to the edge and I always grab him and he was always kicking and screaming like I'm over here trying to steal his fun. I'm like, bro, you're about to plunge to your death. Like, chill out, let me grab you. The reality of the situation is that God has a greater view than you and I have. All we can see is limited. Do not allow yourself to be led by only what you think is good. Do not allow yourself to be led by only your senses, but go to God and hear his mind and know that it's gonna take risk, but know that it carries promise. Jesus, the son of God, who took away the sins of the world, who lived a life that you and I could not live and died a death that you and I deserve to die so that we can be made the righteousness of God in Christ and we're reconciled with him. This is the gospel, but the gospel is not the end point. It's the start to a life of faith and journey and trust with the one who knows, who sees all things, but that is faithful. His word never returns back void. It will do what he sent it to do. He puts his word above his own name. We have never seen the righteous. If you are called by the name of the Lord, you are righteous. He has never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. If God has called you to it, he will provide for it. I just want us to be activated today, church. Let's wake up from our spiritual slumbers and understand that we are a part of God's plan for the redemption of this world. Each and every single one of us are called in the sphere of influence for which he has prepared for us. It doesn't have to be something so big or something, it all matters. What matters is that you're connected with him and you're obedient to him. Can you guys please stand? I was praying before I came and I said, God, this isn't just like we've gotten so comfortable 
Sometimes we get really comfortable in, 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 in the presence of God and in, in the spirit of God and the way that he moves that we haven't realized that we haven't left our comfort zone in so long. If that just means believing God at his word, if that just means be, being obedient to the word that you already know, but I feel like God wants to activate this house. He wants to activate you. I mean, you came to church on Hurricane Sunday. Come on. You better leave us a fire. Come on. Her, yeah, give me a round of applause. What's it looking like out there? <laughs> I want to see, is there anybody in this house? that has felt a stirring in their heart as I've been preaching this word that says, Mariela, like I'm ready to step out into, I'm ready to recklessly abandon. I'm ready to get back to the place of my first love where his word was alive, where it didn't just become routine and mundane. And I wanna have an active faith that moves and is in step with the Holy Spirit.